start trying all sorts of different things to <laughs> bring as many uh, of you guys in as possible, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they they need adjusting. <coughs> so I got a couple of announcements here for Omaha Vineyard Church. Hi, I'm Paul Carew. Um, we do have a planning center link to sign up to volunteer for the neighborhood cleanup day that's going to be in May, uh, where uh, it's an opportunity for us to partner with Candlewood Church to keep Omaha beautiful. So people from the neighborhood will bring their trash, um, such as you know snow glass for trash, and we'll load it into dumpsters and press it all down. So look for that link via email if that's something that you want to uh, participate in. <coughs> and if if you get that email and you want to participate in it, click the link and you had some problem with planning center, let us know. We, we can get you added real quick. It is our way to um, plan events and all that stuff. So we're going to help. So uh, a couple of other announcements. <coughs> Next week, is the first week of May, Communion Sunday, so and we've got pre-packaged communion, so join with us. I invite you. We just have little wafers and little little juice to uh, celebrate communion together. Um, and then next week is also the final week in our series on Ruth, the, the conclusion to this exciting story we've been reading. And then uh, we'll start a new series in the book of Esther on May 9th, which is Mother's Day. So we've got a couple of things coming up, and <coughs> we were with friends, and we were talking about church, and the the ability to broadcast it or, you know, you know, listen to it or watch it whenever, that's better than nothing, but what we miss out on is the community of being together, as, as Scripture says, our iron sharpeneth iron. Um, <coughs> a community opportunity, I think for this week, I'm gonna, I got a text from Scott Johnson and Alex at, at Reboot again, I believe what is happening with them is the bathroom remodel that has been happening, um, that uh, they have been not living in their home while it's being remodeled, is coming to an end and they are going to need some help moving stuff back into their house, and I think it's this week. So I need to uh, confirm that. We'll put a Facebook invite um, event together as well as uh, put it on uh, an email. But yeah, let's, let's band together and be the body of Christ, holding up one another, and what did we learn from Ephesians? Let's each grow and we become more like, like Jesus. All right, that's enough for our announcements. We don't pass the plate here, but we do have offering boxes. If you want to drop off your gifts to uh, our, our local church. Uh, we also have the Church Center app where you can give through that. We also have vineyards, or no, I'm sorry, omahavineyard.org, our website, which has a giving link that will connect you right to PayPal. So got a couple of ways to give and return to the Lord a portion of what he has given to you. Let's pray as we I'll pray over our offering, and then we'll also recognize our tithes. <coughs> Amen. Let's pray as we bow and give to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before
where you humble and obedient as your servant, your slave, we have discovered your great, great love for us, and we submit to you. We say, yes, we want to be in relationship with you. We want to be obedient to you. We want to respond to your invitation to join you in your work in our world and in our community. And part of that is through um, our gifts, our offerings, um, monetarily. And, and part of that is through our time and our strength as we join in community and serve one another uh, as well as the city of Omaha. Lord, we ask you to be with us in our need through your Holy Spirit now this morning, and as we interact with our neighbors and our co-workers and our friends and our enemies. Lord, we ask you to come in power, change us from the inside out, lead us into what you have for us. Amen. Good morning. We're in the book of Ruth. Uh, Ruth chapter 3, if you want to open your Bibles, that's where we'll be this morning. <clears throat> so, a little background if you've uh, just joined us. The story of Ruth takes place in the promised land of Canaan for the Israelites. The kings, when they crossed the Jordan and conquered the city of Jericho, and the time of the first kings of Israel, Saul and David. So it's in this in, in this in between time, and the scripture says it is in the time of the judges, and in those days Israel had no king; all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So even though this is a time of violence and chaos and war, we see in the characters of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz an understanding of the heart of the law of Moses, particularly in regards to, number one, caring for the poor and foreigners living among the Israelites, and number two, protecting the family name, the family line, and the family property. Now, Ruth, the widow from Moab, is the devoted daughter-in-law of Naomi, whose husband and two adult sons had died. They returned to Bethlehem during the barley harvest, but since they have been gone for over 10 years, their land has no crops to harvest. Ruth, as it happens, finds herself gleaning in a field owned by Boaz, a close relative of Naomi's family, close enough to be a kinsman redeemer, a family member who could purchase family land on behalf of a poor family member in order to keep the land ownership for future generations. Boaz is wealthy, he's influential, we also see that he's worthy, honorable, and generous. He coaches Ruth on how best to glean the barley, and he tells her to keep coming to his field for the whole of the harvest. Ruth and Naomi experience favor, forgiveness, protection, and security from Boaz's generosity. The story of Ruth shows us that God is watching out for us and keeping an eye on the future. He, 
provide and protect your children, and we can risk trusting in God's providence. Let's look. We got Johnny Nash from his his song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Here's that rainbow I've been praying for. It's going to be a bright, bright sunshiny day. The Lord is watching out for us and is taking care of us. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to come as we continue through the book of Ruth in uh, Ruth chapter 3 to see how you work all things together for for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. Lord, may we see in these words the truth about you, the truth about us, and what you might be ready us to do. Amen. All right. So we're Ruth is a, a four-chapter book. We're halfway through, and chapters three and four cover basically a two-day series. So today we'll, we'll be looking at uh, day in to night, and then next week we'll have to finish it up with what happened. Man. Okay, so let's start in Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. One day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting me gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest dress. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down and then go Uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So Naomi has a plan to secure her daughter-in-law's future with a husband and a permanent home. And from my, what my commentary says, according to Hebrew law, Ruth was entitled to call upon her nearest kin to fulfill the various duties of a kinsman redeemer. By this course of action, Ruth was doing just this. So we have this cultural, traditional marriage proposal, basically, that Ruth will be starting. And this is one of the things that I noticed In in um, you know preparing and reading the book of Ruth, this is this is one thing that kind of has risen to me is that Ruth is a humble woman. Right, she fully submits to Naomi and says, "I will do what you ask. I will do everything you say." And Naomi is is entrusting Ruth to Boaz by saying, uncover his feet, lay down there, and then he will tell you what to do. All right, let's let's keep going. What a bizarre ritual this must have been. Uncover a man's feet and lay down after he's put on perfume. 
chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth quietly uncovered his sheets and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are a family redeemer. So, a couple of of things here. So, the uncovering of the feet of Boaz was a symbol of Ruth's submission. It alerted her kinsman redeemer to the fact that she sought his protection. And it's interesting the the word that she uses, you know, the corner of your covering is similar to what Boaz spoke to Ruth when he said the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for protection. So it, it's we've got similar language here. Language. Okay. Now we're going to keep going, uh, verse uh, 10 through 14. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stays here tonight, and in the morning, I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him go. But he is, if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now, lie down here until morning. So, Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until morning. When she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other, for Boaz had said, no one must know what that a woman was here at the threshing floor. So, <clears throat> a couple of things to throw out of here, right? So, Boaz is a relative of Ruth's mother-in-law. Or actually, her, her, her father-in-law. Boaz is a, is a relative of Elimelech. And he keeps calling her daughter. So, there's likely an age difference, right? And he also says that Boaz is even more impressed because he hasn't gone after a younger man. <coughs> but he says, yeah, I'm interested. Count me in. Everyone in town knows you're a virtuous woman. And that's where my commentary says, Boaz then explains to Ruth why he had not proposed marriage to her before this time. There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. But he's willing. He's, and, and you know what? It, it's kind of wonderful and beautiful and romantic, right? He's, he wants what's good for Ruth. And he, and he says, 
if he's willing to marry you, wonderful. That will solve the the kingdom redeemer issue. Your your land will be taken care of, and you will be able to carry on the line of Elimelech. Maybe you should have kept your feet back there. (laughs) As the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. And then uh, verse 14. Boaz took precaution against scandal, which showed that he already was functioning as Ruth's protector. He did go to the boundary of Elimelech. He did honor it. He did lay down his life. But maybe that's not anybody's business at this point, right? Elimelech is safe. So it would be scandalous if people found out I'm willing to defile myself and gossip He's protected me, so he wants to operate in that way. Sounds like a good idea. All right, we're going to finish out this chapter, verses 15 through 18. (coughs) Then Boaz said to her, this is the next morning, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six cubits of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back, and then he returned to the town. He's got some business to do. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, What's happened to my daughter-in-law? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And he added, and she added, He gave me these six cubes of barley and said, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then Naomi said to her, Just be patient until we hear what happens. The man won't rest. So even in this, it's like every interaction with Boaz is an opportunity for him to just follow these ladies who have been generous to him. Boaz, Boaz's generosity towards Ruth and Naomi, six cubes of barley, he, he can't not bless them, or he won't stop blessing them. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And then we have these um, these uh, words of, from Naomi, her wise mother-in-law. The man won't rest until he hears what the mother-in-law has to say. So we've got this, this wonderful romantic tension going, going on here <laughs> with this, uh, this plan. what happens next week. But in the meantime, what I want to look at real quickly is, is how one of the guiding concepts of Ruth is the, the idea of the kinsman redeemer and what that means or what that meant in the first century and what that means to us today in the person of Jesus. So the qualifications and functions of the kinsman redeemer are illustrated in the person of Boaz, as indicated by my time here, who is typical of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kinsman redeemer had to be a blood relative to have the right of redemption, even as Christ was a blood relative of man through the virgin birth. 
John 1.14 says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He is full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The kinsman redeemer also had to have the resources to purchase the forfeited inheritance, even as Christ had the resource of his own precious blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses its value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. The kinsman redeemer also had to have the resolve even as Christ laid down his life of his own volition. Mark 10.45 Jesus says this truthfully For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The book of Ruth is one of the most instructive Old Testament books concerning the redemptive work Isn't it? Starts out with tragedy. And then we have the selfless devotion of Ruth. And we've got this wealthy relative who's both honorable and generous. We've got romance and the chance of redemption. And at the same time, there's this twist at the end. Right? There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Along the way, we see the Father's heart expressed through the Lord Christ. And we see his providence in Ruth just happening to find herself working in a field owned by her wealthy, influential, and virtuous relative who can fulfill his desire to redeem the family name, the family line, grass growing, blossoms blooming, light snow flurries, followed by sunny days in uh, northwestern Midwest. Spring is a time of new hope and new life and possibility. Maybe you find yourself dreaming of hope or new beginnings or possibilities. And maybe it's a dream because there doesn't seem to be any way to get from where you are to where you would see new life starting. The good news is there's a redeemer in Jesus. I have a friend who shared with me how at a time in his life he was ready to give I can bring you home, but I have...
eternal life that And he said he spent two or three days on Sunday having to hide talked about how within two weeks <laughs> tells the story then he says Jesus saves it is Jesus who saves you we can't be around for a while when we don't know what the next minute or tomorrow calls you according to his purpose for you. Even though you your walk is through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't need to be afraid. Why? He is with you. We can drift trusting in God's providence. Yes, he does love you. Yes, he does have Yes, he does ask us to obey him and trust him. I invite you to take the risk of Lose risk expecting God to show up in our shadows. Lose risk asking him to come in power on behalf of one another when we pray. others, how can I pray for you today? We trust him to hear our prayers and to see our lives. We trust that he loves us and that he loves our neighbors and our co-workers and the people that we see when we go shopping or we go out. Omaha Vineyard Church, in the name of Jesus, we step out the interactive part. Grab some paper or pull up the notes app on your mobile device. Whose name is God putting on your heart right now? I want you to write down that name. Okay. I want you to write down that name and pray that God will bless them daily. When you see them, tell them that God has put them on your heart in order to bless them. And ask them this. If God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want to see? What would you want to do? And then pray that over them and continue to pray that for them. And honestly, if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in prayer, but someone's name popped into your head just the same, take the risk. Be a blessing to others and ask God to bless them. 
do you think is reasonable? Before you go, can I ask you a question? Here, come here. Everyone here. Heavenly Father, we we love these stories. We love these these books from the Old Testament that show your goodness shining through people and circumstances. We want to see your goodness and your circumstances in our own lives and in the lives of our children and in the lives of our parents and in the lives of our friends and our neighbors and our world. And the good news is our blessings. God bless you, keep you. God smile on you and be gifts to you. God look you full in the face and make you smile.